what are we doing? You know what? What are you wanting me to do? I got this. I'm gay. Episode. Hi, and thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of All Things Reconsidered. Uh, remember. To- <laughs> gentlemen welcome to the all things reconsidered podcast i am brandon i'm joey and we have a special guest with us today yes this is ethan yes hello this is, this is ethan. say hi to the internet hello ethan. everyone thank you for having me appreciate we are it really happy to have you on we're having finally our first guest interview episode uh so if we're kind of fumbling around it's because we've never done this before yeah and so we're hoping that it comes out well but we wanted to start with ethan he's one of our friends from church we've i've known him for about a year or so year or a little two, more yeah. than that now yeah. and um yeah we just want to get him on and, and talk because this will be the last episode we post during pride month and uh, as a gay Christian, we just wanted to hear his perspective and get his take on, on some things. We started this conversation, uh, what, two or three two weeks, weeks ago? ago. Um, and so we really just wanted to dive a little bit deeper into the topic of uh, homosexuality and Christianity. And let somebody who uh, has experience with it yeah. talk about it. Right. Because we don't. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So, Ethan, again, thank you for being on. Yes, thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, well, before we get into this, I wanted to tell you guys um, about the latest Christian controversy. Um, you know, one of the things that we love to do on the show is poke a little bit of fun at whatever evangelicals are freaking out about this week. Right. And um, I found, as a parent, I am constantly being told about the dangers that are affecting our children. Joe, you have to be an eagle-eyed vigilante <laughs> when it comes to your children, okay? Yes, yes. I mean, you have to be constantly alert. Oh, yeah. Because the devil is very creative. The devil's everywhere. Apparently, the devil is, like, really good at acting and, like, production and things like that because yeah. he's, he's in all the movies and TV shows. Correct. So he's like a... The, devil, the devil's basically just a drama kid. Joey, there's nothing new about this. Yes. Well... <laughs> Uh, the new thing is that the Rugrats have been rebooted, and that's what evangelicals are upset about this week. And like that, so I didn't know this. That's yeah. exciting to me the, because the I loved the Rugrats growing up. Like that was yeah. like hands down my favorite television. Yeah. Show. <laughs> what about you? Did you watch? I it? watched a little bit of it, but I was never like huge into Rugrats. So here's good. a funny story coming. You know, my wife she was raised mm-hmm. in the evangelical fundamentalist style of church. Yeah. She wasn't allowed to watch Rugrats <laughs> because of Angelica. <laughs> Really? And the reason being is because my wife, she tends to be a little bit sassy. I love you. (laughs) You're probably sitting on our couch right now watching this episode. I love you. And to future Brandon, watch out because she's probably going to try to hit you. So <laughs> just for calling her sassy, yeah. Wow. Well, yeah, I know her. She yeah. Yeah, sense. we all so, know her. Yeah, correct. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but she was the same way as a kid. And so she wasn't allowed to watch Rugrats because Angelica had an attitude. And so whenever she watched the show, she felt like she could have an attitude with her parents. So wow. her grandma let her watch it when she's over at her house. Wow. So is Rugrats the reason why your wife is the way she is? Probably. <laughs> that's, her, that's her rosebud. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll well, start calling her Angelica now, from now on. <laughs> well, the, the reason why they're mad about this time, it's not because of a three-year-old's bad attitude. It's because they've changed the backstory of one of the main characters. Okay. Um, Phil and Lil's mom. They, uh, you remember her? Yeah. yeah. They have officially made her a lesbian. Mm. 
And so they've removed her husband from existence. He's okay. no longer on the show. He, he was Howard. Mm-hmm. So yeah. all those Howard fans out there, I'm sure, are very displeased. <laughs> now, but but they've made her a lesbian. Now, here's the thing. Even in the original show, she was already thought by a lot of people to be um, most likely... Sure. Uh, now, you know, gay, because she had, like... She had like the female symbol yeah. on her shirt, yep. and she was just kind of she was into football, and I'm not you know stereotypes, but she kind of already had that vibe. Sure. Now know. here's my issue. Okay, I'm all about representation in media. Sure. I have no issue with that. Sure. However, Rugrats already had a single parent. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. why not just make Chucky's dad gay instead of completely eliminating <laughs> Phil and Will's like dad out of the picture? Like, <laughs> well, they I just mean, made him disappear. Yeah, he's <laughs> like, not mentioned. So they didn't say like you got a divorce or anything like oh, that. Oh no, no. Oh, dang. Yeah, we watched. I watched a few episodes with my daughter, and they don't mention him at all. He's just not there. And the the, the crazy thing, well, in a good way, I mean, is that they even outright talk about well, in some ways. Um, the fact that she's a lesbian. Like, she sure. mentions having girlfriends. I, there's a joke that she makes in the very first episode about, oh, like, my ex-girlfriend. Um, so it's like they're not even hiding it. Right. Which is, I think, great, but it's gotten a lot of those Christians on Facebook angry. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I bet. I've seen some wonderful posts about, <laughs> about sure. how Nickelodeon is now just outright satanic. I mean, it's I've crazy. mentioned face, my Facebook profile a lot we in our podcast. Our man. And surprisingly, <laughs> this has not made it to my news feed yet. So I'm, I'm waiting to see it. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's all over on mine. For sure, um, but it's a good show. But yes, Howard is gone. So I know we have some big Howard fans watching. Sorry, guys. And listen, I have no problem with her being a lesbian, but I'm not watching it anymore because Howard's not. <laughs> I watched her as Howard. Yeah, he's like my favorite character. He was my guy. I had a little yeah. Howard plushie toy. Listen, I, I would fast. I, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't fast forward. We didn't have those capabilities when I was a child. <laughs> that wasn't a thing. But I would just like tune out until Howard got on the screen. I'm like, now, now we can watch this show. The show has started, yeah. Correct. <laughs> so like we said in the intro, this is our friend Ethan. Um, he go, We met him through our church, Hope Unlimited Church in Tennessee. And uh, Ethan is a gay Christian, and we thought it'd be a great idea to have him on the podcast to kind of share his thoughts, feelings, his story, and kind of where he's at with church culture, um, how the church can treat the homosexual community better, and what we can do going forward to be more accommodating or more of what the homosexual community needs exactly. from the church. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. So, so Ethan, what was the, what was the earliest memory you have of what you've been, were taught about homosexuality? Like what were you raised believing about it? Yeah. So kind of like how I mentioned before, um, we're from up North and there's like probably one Catholic church within a span of 45 minutes, not very many churches. So I grew up Catholic um, and then we moved down to Tennessee where there's rarely any Catholic churches. Yeah. So we started going to a Southern Baptist church. And as you know, their beliefs are very strict as to... It tends to be very welcoming. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not right. so much, but yeah. <laughs> so I was kind of taught at an early age that um, being gay was most definitely a no-no. You sure. wouldn't do that. You wouldn't speak of it. Uh, I remember my sister had brought some friends from school and they were a lesbian couple. And that day the pastor had, he was saying, the message was being homosexual. Mm. And he wow. had used the word queer, and he was like, "These oh, queers yeah. do not need, need to be in our um, in our church or anything like that." Horrible. Now, did they? Did the pastor know that there was a lesbian couple there? Oh, I no. assume so because they were sitting together. Okay, I gotcha. Um, so that was kind of the very directed at them. Yes, and so I always knew in the back of my head that like being gay was just kind of a big thing. And my aunt, she was had a girlfriend at the time. We never really spoke of that. We mm-hmm. never really talked wow. of that. Wow. 
and but it was known but we just kind of said it was her friend right oh, yeah you know? wow. yeah really well how do you remember how old you were when you first started to feel like you were gay yeah i actually remember like the first time that i actually mm-hmm. thought something different it was i was in I want to say sixth grade and they had like this circus of this family of like 12 kids and they came to perform at the school and they were like in the gym and there's this one guy and I was he was like doing this little tricycle thing like going sure, around the gym yeah. and I was like okay and like I had this weird feeling in my stomach it was like that gut like butterfly feeling yeah. uh-huh. and I was like what is this I don't know well we got like this uh picture pamphlet yeah. of like the family and so I kept it on top of my dresser and I would look at it every day and just stare at the boy for like 30 minutes a day (laughs) and just I never understood what the feelings were but I knew that they were there and I was like what is this feeling it feels almost guilty but it almost felt like you know I felt different I had never felt that before and how old did you say you were I was probably so I want to say it was either in seventh or sixth grade so I was probably like 12 12 or 13 yeah Yeah. wow Mm -hmm. wow that's interesting so like do you and if my question's ever come off as ignorant it's probably just because i actually am kind of ignorant on this and so um so bear with me but where do you like what would your response be to people who claim that homosexuality is a choice and just a lifestyle that you can opt in or out of um rather than something you're born with how would you respond to something like that so i always excuse me i always have two two thoughts that i always want to ask them Uh, my first thing is is if it's a choice to be gay when did you choose to be straight right right and that's always my thing and people mm-hmm. whenever you ask that they're like well i never chose to be straight i'm just straight well then there you go well, i yeah, never yeah, chose sure. to be gay yeah and another thing i mean kind of fast forward a little bit to coming out it was one of the worst years of my life wow. um, i lost my like love not i wouldn't say love but i lost my trust of my mother and my family and wow. why would i choose a harder lifestyle sure absolutely to be you know something that's a choice right because obviously if i could choose i would be married with a woman by now you know yeah, yeah. and yeah. not choosing this life and i mean whenever i came out to my mom it was it was hard because i felt that she had this like she looked at me differently wow. she sure. didn't see me as her son she saw me as a project right. something to work on you know something to pray for and it's it's one of those things that like i could i would not wish that upon my worst enemy to be gay especially in today's world it's a lot better now but yeah. it's still not not as accepted as sure. i would like to be and that's like that's such an interesting thought too because i feel like in 2020 with social media and facebook and whatnot and people being able to be more vocal about you know their sexuality we still have people saying, you know, oh, well, all gay people are accepted all the time now. Like, it's no big deal if you're gay. You know, I've seen videos of people on Facebook saying, like, I don't care if you're gay. Nobody cares if you're gay. And that's obviously not the case. Like, it's yeah. obviously still a very hush-hush thing socially to, oh, like, yeah. come out, you know. And so I find it interesting that people that are straight get annoyed whenever gay people come out and celebrate that about themselves. And we have something like Pride Month to celebrate that. Right. And still we have people like Ethan, who this was just recently that you came out as well, right? I came out in January of 2019. Right, yeah. Okay. So still fa- fairly recent yeah. yeah. and still has that like shame attached to it. So obviously yeah. it's something that isn't as accepted as people like to yeah. say that it is. And I also, um, you know, your, your point about how you were treated more like a project, um, that is just so um, typical 
of evangelical Christianity. Well, you did say you were raised Catholic, so I don't know if your mom is Catholic or evangelical. Or it was kind of more we were Catholic, but we didn't really go to church. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, well, either way. Yeah. Well, either way, that idea that someone is a project first before just simply an image bearer, you know, before just being someone who is made fearfully, wonderfully, and, and an image of God, we think of them as a mission field, basically. And I can see how how destructive that can be. You know, um, and, and uh, I remember when I was raised in church, having that same mentality, you know, put in me about literally anyone. It didn't matter if it was homosexual or, or, or any kind of whatever they would consider sin. It was before they're even your friend or someone to treat with respect or to, you know, love equally. It was they need to be saved. And it was almost treated as if if you love them or just treat them like a normal person, then it's like you're not they're not going to know that they're a sinner and so you have to treat them almost badly right like as if that somehow shows them like see you're a sinner you know i even remember i had a friend uh, in high school that um at one point people in my life suspected was gay and so i was told that i couldn't be friends with them because because they thought that that he might be gay and it's like how does that and and so i would tell help anything i will i would Mm. tell them you know you know, I didn't even really fully believe this at the time, but I just wanted an excuse to keep being friends with sure. him. So I said, well, hey, you know, if I'm not friends with him, how am I supposed to get him saved? You know, right, right, trying to be like, ah, oh, shouldn't I be friends with him so I can get him saved? And they told me, well, maybe you stepping back will show them like how bad their lifestyle is because they'll realize, wow, that, you know, this must be something wrong and that will get them to change. Like I was literally told, stay away from people, yeah, hold no. back from people, as if that's going to help them. <laughs> right, because that's what Jesus did. You yeah, know? like yeah. Jesus walked into a town full of sinners, and he's like, "I'm not going to associate with yeah, you." And yeah. they're like, "Oh, well, if Jesus won't associate with us, then obviously we need to get saved. <laughs> we like, need we to, need to change." It's right. yeah. exactly how Jesus reached out yeah, to people. But that's that's literally what I was told. But like on the choice thing too, like this this is something that I found that I've found super hypocritical in the church because we believe that people are born into sin, yes. right? We believe that people, you know, don't have a choice to have a sin nature. If you believe quote. in original if, sin, if you believe, we in need to do an episode sin. on that concept. I yeah. think, <laughs> but it's like then we don't believe yeah. that people's sexuality is a choice. So it's like you can't have it both ways. Like you can't say that we can't choose to be sinners because we just are, and then you can't, you know. It, well, I, I agree. Like, it, it makes no sense. But um, so, Ethan, um, when you were dealing with this, where you were, you weren't out yet, you weren't accepting of it yet. You were kind of, I imagine, as a teenager, you were probably trying to deny it or ignore it. Yeah. Um, did you try the pray it away method? Yes. Yeah, so, I guess shortly after I had started feeling those feelings, when those uh, the family came, that whole circus family came to the right, gym, right. I really just kind of. I pinned the feelings with what it was and I automatically was like, Oh, I can't be doing this. Cause you know, the church almost paints a picture that if you're gay, you should hate yourself sure. and you should like turn that away and you should like that. Don't be that, you know? Right. Right. And so I very much, so I prayed, I would be praying every night I'd be like, God, let me like girls. Like that's what I want in life. And then I would like start like just instead of imagining or having attraction to guys, I'd be, I'd immediately shut it down. I'd be like, nope, got to look at this girl like this, you know, just because she's my friend doesn't mean I can't date her, you know? Sure, yeah. And so it's just, it was one of those things that I prayed and prayed and prayed and nothing really happened. And that kind of goes to what Brandon said whenever it was the episode that you guys did. And he said, when is the Holy Spirit not enough? Right. And it's so true because, you know, if, if it was a sin, I 
feel like I did enough praying to where it could have changed. Sure. And I, like to this day, I mean, before I did, I had like the the guilty feeling and the urges of like, oh, this is wrong. But as I as I grew up and matured and started listening and being in tune with the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. those feelings went away because I realized it was more people driven. Wow. Oh yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I was good. That's interesting. I was gonna ask, um, like, what was that change like where you began to accept it? Was it, uh, you, you, you basically touched on it just now, but you're, you're saying that you just felt peace about it and you started realizing that all your negative feelings towards it just came from people rather than God. Was there anything specific that, that helped you come to that conclusion, like a, a book or, or maybe a specific person or something that helped you along the way? Yeah, so I had um, I had gone into a relationship in November of 2017, and it was my first op- like gay relationship, and we were in secret for a year and a half. Wow. And I came out to my mom on January of 2019, and I didn't even come out to her. She actually pried out of me because mm. she had suspicions, and mm-hmm. she just kept kept bashing me like are you gay are you gay are you gay oh, God. and i was just um i, I had it's just like conversations over dinner like it was or... yeah i had just woken up so oh, i had just God. woken up we got into the living room and she was like are you gay and i was like bro i just woke up yeah but no and so i kind of i you know broke down and i told her and of course she was like i need a minute and she went out into her closet mom if you're watching this i'm sorry i'm not trying to call you out <laughs> but um she went to her closet and was talking to a friend and i like had went in there and she was like you need to leave like and her friend was like it's gonna be okay like all this stuff and so it almost sounds like she like you told her that you like murdered somebody exactly and i mean i would mention to her i was like you know i'm not on drugs right like, i'm not i didn't yeah. kill somebody i'm right not, you know anything i'm just loving another person as yeah, sure. as big as that goes and so um you know that definitely hindered my relationship with my ex-boyfriend at the time and we kind of went through a lot of trials and tribulations you could say and, sure and uh what kind of did it was he had came out to his parents and they actually kicked him out so he oh, was wow. homeless wow. and of course my mom you know i mean it's understandable for him not to live with us so he had to live sure. with one of my friends gotcha and you know that led for him to go down a rocky path. Mm -hmm. And so it ended up just not being the best for us. And, you know, that whole time was probably whenever I started realizing, like, who are my real friends? Because like I had mentioned before, the whole project thing, I realized that when I came out, the people who were using me as a project, when they saw or thought that I wasn't going to change for them, they just kind of dropped me cold turkey. Mm. Wow. They gave up on the project. Yeah. And so I lost a lot of friends when I came out. And then, when I got out of my relationship, I practically had no one. And so that was probably the worst time of my life. That's whenever I started like having um, like depression, sure. and, um, suicidal tendencies, all that stuff. And that's when it really just kind of hit hard. Right. But I feel like me hitting rock bottom was a good thing in a way that I was able to listen to the Holy Spirit because I had nobody but God. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So. Wow. And. So I kind of want to almost even reframe that question a little bit. Um, was this more of a thing of you accepting yourself or accepting your sexuality, if that makes sense? I think a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. Um, I always had the thought in my head that I could change. Right. And so the accepting myself was a – it was a journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it was kind of one of those things that I would be like, oh, I love myself. But then – in all reality, I hated myself. Sure. I hated who I was. I was like, why can't I just be straight and live an easier lifestyle? Right. right. Um, and so I think 
I think it was a little bit of both, I would have to say. I gotcha. And the reason I asked that question is because I've seen so many people, because I've brought up, you know, this issue of homosexuality on my Facebook account. I'm like, why do people care so much? Like, why is this such a big deal? You, mean, people, you mean for, like, fundamentalist Christians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, and a response that I've heard a lot from people is, well, it's because they so associate their sexuality with their person, with their self. Like, you know, they're not just, you know, Ethan and he is also gay. It's... I'm gay and I'm Ethan. So uh, I've always been like, well, you post your relationships all over Facebook all the time. Like yeah. you find mostly you find yourself in your family and your spouse. Mm-hmm. Why is it an issue for this person that just has different sexual leanings than you do to do the same thing? Yeah. Um, so that's kind of why I was. Yeah. It's, I, was, I was say it's funny that you say that, too, because the whole, you know, making it your whole personality. I am pretty confident to say that I didn't make that my personality. People made it my personality. Wow, yeah. I would be hanging out with friends, and they'd be like, oh, this is my friend Ethan. He's gay. That'd be the first thing they'd say, and I'm just like, oh, well, I also like, you know, English, you know, something <laughs> yeah. like that. Like, I'm also in college. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, like I have yeah. more to me than just being gay. <laughs> wow. And I even go as far as telling people, like, Ethan's also a savage. Okay. <laughs> this, is, this is a sidebar, right? So Ethan was in my game night small group where we played board games. And he will sell you out in a minute. It's like, true. He is a it's savage. He, he's pretty competitive. I know how to play my cards. Yeah. <laughs> he's an absolute savage. Well, so, so people were defining you by something that you were only even just recently accepting of yourself. It's yeah. like, you weren't even open. Like, you were open about it, but you weren't using it as the defining tool for yourself. Exactly. But be, other people were. Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be like if someone introduced me as like, oh, this is Joey, my straight friend. It's like, that's so weird. Yeah, no one says well, that. Yeah, and it's interesting. I also dealt with that too as a, you know, I'm biracial. And so obviously, you know, I get it. I don't look like I am black. I understand. But however... At my high school in North Carolina, it was me and two other people that were black in our class. Wow. And so I would also be introduced, this is Brandon, he's my black friend. <laughs> and so, so people weird. and like people would also like they would say openly racist things. I'm like, you can't say that. Like, well, you're my friend and you're black. I'm like, that that doesn't matter. Like that's not how that works. And wow. so wow. that's even like a racial thing for a lot of people is they feel like if they have someone like me who is biracial or someone like Ethan who is gay, as long as they're like, Oh, this is my gay friend. I'm obviously accepting. Like, yeah. there's no way that, well, you know, you're, you're I, I'm homophobic. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. that token friend. Tokenism. So. Well, um, Ethan, I also want to know, you, you talked about your mom's reaction, mm. but um, I also want to know if you were involved in a specific church at the time. You don't have to name drop churches or anything or, or people, but how did church people specifically react? Like, did you have pastors or, or, or people that you just knew from church that acted in a certain way? Um, so they actually didn't know whenever I came out to my mom. And shortly in August of 2019, I had moved to Knoxville and I started going to Hope Unlimited Church. Right. And so I had officially came out to the whole world on January 1st of 2020, I believe. Yeah. And so that was whenever I like made it Facebook official, you could say. Like, yeah, I sure. made it, yeah. yeah, I posted it. So that was kind of when everyone knew. Yeah, yeah. Um, so the church that I was going to before, they obviously were going to be like, you know, mm-hmm. out me out. And I mean, I think word had got around before I left the church uh, just because I noticed people started treating me differently, kind gotcha. of like having a little shade thrown and stuff like sure. that. Yeah. Wow, that, that's unfortunate, man. Have I... you really only been coming to Hope Limits since 2020? Uh, I started going in... I started like there's no way. See, I went. I think I I went right before you guys moved into the building. So it was in the movie theater. Okay, yeah. it was like July or August. Yeah, I want to say. Yeah. Okay, so it was, it was like 2019. Mm-hmm. And the, okay, cool. Yeah. So I, was like, I um, that's not right. <laughs> I really want to get your take on this. So so 
the whole uh, gay affirming uh, theology, or or um, what do they also call it? Liberation theology. Liberation. Uh, there's Q Christianity. I think is one of the yeah, things that some, I've seen associated like with that. it. Yeah. Um, so that's something that is fairly new to me, and I, I think maybe to Brandon as well. Yeah. Something that we're learning about and trying to uh, understand better. And um, I basically want to know. Uh, so one take on on this issue that I see sometimes um, is this idea that. Uh, basically, it's okay to be a gay Christian, but you also then have to be a celibate, essentially. And because it's, it's okay to like have same-sex attraction, but it's a sin to act on it. Mm-hmm. Um, now, that's not where I stand, but I'm just curious, um, what's your take on that side of it? I think I've heard it referred to as side A and side B. Yeah, so Can you I... explain that to me? I, I'm not fully aware of all of it, but I did have a friend who had kind of explained it to me. So side A is where you act upon those desires and stuff mm. like that, and you have boyfriends, whatever. Yeah. Uh, side B, I believe, is where, kind of like what you said, you, ha- you admit that you're gay, but you don't act upon it. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend who I'm assuming, I, I don't want to say that he was, but I'm pretty sure he was side B. Because he had men, he had made mentions of it sure. that like he was not going to date anybody, right? And I mean, for me, like that's not my desire. I want to get married. I want to have kids. Sure. I don't, I don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. You know, <laughs> like that's kind of right. sad. Who does? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, I, I can see. Um, you know, we talk about you know abstaining from from sex even for straight people if they're not married. That's usually uh, something that the church right. pushes. But the difference is that if you're heterosexual you understand that your celibacy is like temporary temporary it's not for your whole life <laughs> yeah. yeah and it's it's something that you i mean it's something that you look forward to ending sure do. but to then <laughs> to then put that on a, a homosexual as like well this is just what you're gonna have to do until you die yeah um that i mean that's and it's like messed up this is another one of those just hypocrisies of the church that i find very annoying yeah. where it's like i feel like we have so much more grace for a heterosexual couple that deals with you know premarital sex yeah than we do with someone that's in a homosexual relationship or a homosexual couple where oh, it's absolutely. like you're going straight to hell like but the heterosexual couple that deals with their lust issue they still have a chance yeah i mean what you have know? you ever heard of a church kicking someone out or saying you can't serve because it's a heterosexual couple that live together right. instead of being married. Even though that is just as much, you know, called out in the Bible as being Yeah, absolutely. If not more. Now, speaking of which, <laughs> yeah. um, have you dealt with that kind of a reaction from church people of, like, not being allowed in or, like, not being allowed to serve, that kind of thing? Um, I wouldn't say not being allowed in. It's always been, like, all are welcome here, you know, but yeah. whenever you get there, it's kind of like, you know, now you gotta you got to change. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> they expect you to be someone who you're not. And when it comes to serving, I never really had an issue. Um, I never really served as much before I had came out either. So I I never really got involved in church until Hope Unlimited. But I mean, it's never been like a big issue or anything like that. Right. I understand this is very much a case by case kind of question as a very personal question. But how do you feel about people that like almost brag about being an ex-gay per se? Yes, I actually um, like I got coming it. out of the homosexual community and being very vocal about it, and then being vocally against it. Yeah, see that that kind of there's this idea that people can pray it away or even go to conversion therapy, mm. and so you have some people who 
feel like that worked for them and now they say they're ex-gay. But I've also talked to people who call themselves ex-gay who are more of that side B where they're like, you know, I'm ex- I am still have attractions, but I'm ex-gay because I don't act on them anymore. So they still kind of use that label, which is interesting because I hadn't seen that happen before, but I've talked to some people like that. So what is your take on that? Can a person be ex-gay? So <laughs> I'm not speaking for everybody, but sure. I will say from my personal experience, I have never met an ex-gay who has not like slid in my DMs and hit me up really? afterwards. After they've, you know, proclaimed saying sure. I've been healed. There has been times where I had seen them out on the street holding up signs. Right. And then they would message me and be like, Hey, what are you doing later today? And I'd be like, Aren't you like supposed to be straight? <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm sorry, but like what happened? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. So they were ex gay until they saw Ethan. Is that like a humble brand no. of yours? <laughs> No, he's no, a good-looking no. dude, though. <laughs> Look at that hair. Look at those luscious locks. I am not saying that in that manner. I'm just meaning that I'm I have not. With yeah. you. It's all good. <laughs> well, that that is really uh. funny, though. So, so no, you would say that there's basically no such thing. I wouldn't say for everybody, but from my experience, there's no such thing. Now, how it's do- like, and I get that. Like, that's a very personal question. Where it's like, of course. You know, people can deal with homosexual, you know, desires and then kind of, grow, you know, I don't want to say grow out of them because it, you know, makes it sound like gay people are immature. Right. So that's not what right. I'm trying to say. But like right. some people like grow past them or just like fall out of them or find someone that, you know, find a female or a male that's more attractive and they whatever right. they don't right. deal with it anymore. Right. I just get annoyed by the people that are like, I used to be gay. So everybody can used to be gay. And it's also that treating it like it's some sort of, you know, like. I mean, it's, it's like having people who get up on stage at a church and tell their testimony about how they used to be a crack addict. Right. And then God helped them out of that. It's like uh, it's like comparing homosexuality, comparing just loving another human uh, to some sort of horrible sin that you need to share a testimony about. Yeah, sure. And I can see – and what I want to know also is when you're sitting in a church service where they're talking about it in this way – how do you, how do you stay sitting there? I mean, like, have you ever wanted to just get up and like walk away from church altogether? Yeah. So I had started going to um, an apostolic church on Sunday nights, and it was like a holiness church. Oh you know, yeah. How it is, you know, dress oh, modest. Yeah. yeah. And so I was I had been going there for about a maybe a year. I want to say it was before COVID. And so I had, you know, conformed and I was like, I'm going to dress modest now. I right. was living that whole lifestyle while going to Hope Unlimited too. Yeah. Yep. And so the last service I had been to, I want to say it was a few months ago, uh, they preached on the Equality Act. Mm. And he had, he was just spitting hate. And mm. honestly, they were spitting some like low-key racist comments too. Sure. And it was, it was one of those moments that I was just kind of sitting there and I wasn't clapping because like everyone around me was just clapping. Oh, it was, yeah. It yeah, was yeah. all like a real moment. I just kind of sat there and I was like, what am I doing with my life right now? Why am I here? Why am I like feeling bad about myself again? And so after service, I had the people that I would sit with at the pew. They came up to me and they're like, why weren't you clapping? Like, oh, are you God. okay? Yikes. And they knew because they followed me on Instagram that right. I came out. Granted, I wasn't in a relationship, so the post was deleted. And I'll go down another topic about people who think that I'm straight now because I'm not in a relationship, but that'll be for another oh, yeah, second. My uh, but <laughs> <laughs> um, and so you know they were like, "Why weren't you clapping and stuff?" And I was just I didn't want to start an argument, so I was like, "Oh, I'm just you know because he was tired. racist." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> literally, I was like, "Oh, I'm tired," but. That day, whenever I left, I didn't turn around and I just never came back because wow. I was like, I'm not going to sit here and get like, you know, attacked, attacked. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, beyond that, that church, though, um, how do you when people talk about homosexuality being a sin, 
they hang their hats on a few verses. And really, unless I have to go back and recount, as far as I know, there's actually only five times in the Bible where it calls homosexuality a sin, three of which are in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. Um, now, of course, most people would understand that we don't live under the Old Testament law. We right. don't live under Old Covenant law. Um, and if we did, we'd have to be like throwing stones at our children when they misbehave. And I would have to be executed for wearing this T-shirt because it's a blend of cotton and linen. Right. Yeah. So most people understand <laughs> that we don't live under those Old Testament laws, but it's those two. It might actually be three. I really think it's just two, though. Verses in the New Testament where Paul calls it sinful uh, that that people hang their hats on. Mm. And so my but question, lumps it in with a whole lot of other sins. Yes, yeah. exactly. So my like question murdering is, people. Right. <laughs> yeah. Um, how do you address those verses? How do you interpret them? We we talked about that a bit in our last episode about about LGBTQ, but what's your take on those verses? Um, I would say I want to say it's a mistranslation from my perspective of it. Uh, I know you had mentioned the 1946 movie, which and, and update, has it came out? It has not come out. Yeah. I, was, <laughs> I was watching her uh, lectures on the topic. Yes, and she's the person that is making the movie, and so I have more experience with like just watching her in general and uh reading excerpts from her book and that is where the confusion came from so that this is my <laughs> that that's on me but she does have uh lectures on youtube you can look her up yeah she also has a tiktok too and that's where i've been watching all of it and that kind of got my mind like opening up because before i would say yes it's a sin but am i going to hell no that's how it would be but sure. now i started opening up my mind to the fact that it may not, not even be a sin right right is that not now fill me in on this is the idea that she's saying kind of that um the word for homosexual is just it should mean something else entirely yeah. or is she more of like this is the history of that time we don't need to apply it to us in such a legalistic way or, and a big or is part it of, kind of both of those things? So a little bit of both. Okay. Um, so one of the big things is that word in the Greek isn't used that much in the Greek language from that time period. Right. And so most references outside of the Bible to that word reference back to the Bible. And so there's not too much to talk about whenever talking about that word in the original Greek. Like so there's, it's, there's not too much to pull from to say this is definitely what that word must be. Right, even yeah. from outside sources of using that word. I so you. that's that's a big part of it. That's interesting. Well, uh, Ethan, what is what do you think is a, a misconception that Christians have about homosexuals or even specifically about gay Christians? You know, what, what's something that you feel like they just don't understand about about you? Um, I would say one of the things that they don't understand is that I'm just human. I'm just like everybody else. And honestly, there's times where I want to say, like, don't even call me gay because I'm sure. like, I just love who I love. Right. I don't want the label of, oh, this is Ethan. He's gay. Or, right. you know, I I don't what, – what I wish the church would do is if I was to show up to church with a boyfriend or something or maybe a husband one day and some kids, I don't want people to bat an eye. You don't sure. bat an eye when you see a straight couple, do you? No. Right. And so that's always been my thing. I just want to be treated like a normal human being. And I think that's the whole – I don't want to speak on behalf of all the LGBTQ community. Right. But I think I could say the majority of us, we just want to be treated normal. That yeah. is all we want in life. 
Well, and I imagine that's like on on both sides of that coin too, where it's like I don't want to be demonized, mm-hmm. but I also don't want to be tokenized. Exactly. Like I yeah. just want to be. I don't want special treatment. I don't want you to be like, oh, sit in the front row because he's gay. You know, like what? Right, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> we have a row at the church reserve, like <laughs> like the little like things where it says like band, ministry guest, gay couples. Like, it's like it's like over the top. It's like whole yeah. rainbow. And oh my gosh! Happy Pride Month. You know, on the seats. <laughs> This is our gay section. Like <laughs> rainbow, like seats, like rainbow. Cloth. Oh gosh, that's hilarious. <laughs> so, um, also, more about the church. Do you think? Um, well, would you say that the church, in your experience, seems to be moving more towards affirming, or do you think it's kind of staying the same in its traditional area? I would say. I want to say it's moving. I think it depends on what church, if that makes sense. Some churches, I think, are going more back in time than they should be. Mm -hmm. And other churches, I think, are getting a little bit more there. Um, I know that we've listened to messages where they, you know, I won't mention the name, but he'll preach on saying that, you know, gays have been treated way worse than they deserve to be. And I think that's so true. I feel like, you know, just because our sin is more outwardly, and you can see that other than somebody who's cheating on their wife. Right, sure. It's... You know, it doesn't mean that you can pick on us. You know, it's just, right. it's, yeah. it's one of those things. So I, f- I would say that they're being more progressive, if that makes sense. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, one thing that bothers me is that we have these theologies and these ideas that we understand as secondary or as like not that important that we can disagree on. Sure. Like we sure. can, we can, we're all still going to heaven. It's okay if we disagree about things like speaking in tongues. That's a secondary issue. But for some reason, for most Christians, homosexuality being a sin is treated like a primary issue. You have to agree on that. Yeah. Now, because there's ambiguity about these verses, it's important to tread lightly and to understand that these people are not a project to you. They are image bearers of God who deserve respect and equality. And what I want to know, Ethan, is what is it that we can do as a church to make uh, to be better friends and better Christians towards the homosexual community, how can we treat and, and just be more welcoming to to your community? I would say just treat us normal. Number one, um, mm. we're humans just like you are. Uh, number two, I would say stand up for us too because there's times where I know that gossip happens in churches and right. in all churches that happens whether oh, yeah. you want to admit it or not. And if someone's gossiping about somebody who is gay or who is trans, bi, whatever it may be, right. I encourage people to stand up for them and be like, hey, like, I understand that that's how you view it, but that's not how we should view it as Christians. Sure. Yeah. And that's just, that's just kind of how I think. And one of the most impactful quotes that I've heard is if your theology hurts people, you have a bad theology. Yeah. And so I would encourage like all of our listeners, like if you know that your theology is actively hurting an entire community, maybe you should rethink that theology. Yeah. And maybe you should rethink how you talk about that theology and how you talk about that community. Absolutely. You know, I um, one of the things you said earlier was about how you had lesbian friends at a church where the pastor called was well, basically calling them out specifically. Mm-hmm. That's um, sad, of course, but it's also interesting to me because I always kind of assumed that most churches um, would not exactly call people out specific, but kind of keep it more of a subtle thing where, you know— we're just talking about homosexuality in general, but not specifically targeting people. Have you ever felt specifically targeted like that? There's been times. Um, I think 
there's been times where I feel like, oh my gosh, they must know I'm gay because this mm. message is like strictly directly towards me mm-hmm. saying like, oh, if you're gay, you're going to burn and stuff like that. And I can just feel the heat and I can feel the hatred. Right. And when people are like clapping and like, hey man, you know, and stuff like that. It, it just feels makes very me... hostile. Yes. And I feel so small and right. so like worthless and it's, it's hard. And I want to address something too on a topic like that because I'm sure that some people, especially in the fundamental circle, will say, well, that's just the prophetic. Like, that's the Holy Spirit calling out that sin. Like, that's that person being prophetic. That's not what prophecy is, yeah. according to Paul in the New Testament, because right. Ethan didn't feel edified in that. Yes, well, well why don't you explain the verse? Like- so, First uh, Corinthians fourteen four: anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. And that's just not talking about the church that you're sitting in. That's talking about the church body. And we all recognize that the church isn't just a building. It is the collective body, mm-hmm. is the collective members of the church that become the body of Christ. And so if Ethan is sitting in a service and someone is calling out sin and being prophetic, and Ethan literally can feel the weight of of like shame and guilt boiling up on the inside of him. That is not prophecy. And I'm tired of people using this thinly veiled, you know, excuse of hate. Yeah. And like calling it prophecy because that's, that's that's not it. You're missing it. Exactly. You're completely missing it. When, even if you do view it as a sin, Jesus didn't respond to sinners with a hateful and, and mean kind of attitude. Correct. He responded to sinners by saying, I do not condemn you, you know, by, by refusing to throw the stone. Jesus Literally, the Pharisees caught this woman in the act of adultery, throws her in the dirt in front of Jesus, and Jesus literally just kneels down and gets down next to her, gets down in that dirt, and says, okay, cool, like, fine. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't sinned, cast the first stone. And then they all left. Yeah. And the thing that I love the most about that story, too, is it says that Jesus waited until every single Pharisee was gone before he ever addressed Mm -hmm. the sin in her life. So every Pharisee was gone before Jesus said, and so I don't condemn you either. Go and sin no more. Yeah. And so the Pharisees didn't even see how Jesus treated that woman. I also, they never saw how Jesus dealt with it. Yeah. But we on the other side of history can see how Jesus has grace and mercy and cares more about being the protector of the accused than being the protector of the accuser. Yeah. And we still miss it. Yeah. And we still, as a church, have missed it. People have told you that your sexuality is sinful. Mm-hmm. People have told you that you're going to hell. But what do you feel like God has told you about your sexuality and about you? What, what, when you went and, and started accepting who you are and you pray, you know, what, what do you feel like God has told you about that? Yeah, there was a time where I was taking a shower and I was just kind of crying and I was very upset. And I... I don't know if it was just me or what it was, but I kept hearing, um, I kept hearing like you were loved, you were okay, like it's not a sin. And I just kept hearing going through my head. And I still to this day firmly believe that that was God. That was the Holy Spirit sure. talking to me. Yeah. Um, and one thing that I want to say real quick is just for people who are trying to reconsider things and rethink, I want you to know that we are patient. I don't want you to automatically say, you know, oh, I think you're not going to hell. Like, I'm going to be patient with you if you don't think that. Sure. I'm, if you think I'm going to hell, it's I'm not going to bash you. I'm going to acknowledge that you are not necessarily lining up with what I believe, but I'm not going to hate on you. And kind of going back to with my mom, my mom did not accept me at all. She did not, you know, think that what I was doing was correct. 
but now she is changing her mind. She is, sure. She's not 100% there. She may still, you know, pray that I become straight, but my mom has put in the work. She has put in the time and she is starting to get to where she's like, you know, I'll tell her I'm going on a date and she's like, oh, I'm so happy. Like you look good today. Right. And that's a big step. Sure. Yeah. And so like as a, you know, a gay person in a church, like we're not asking for much. And so you don't have to change right away either. If you yeah. want to. Yeah. Well, that's incredible. So you're saying that uh, essentially people, you're giving people the time to, to consider and to grow. Yes. The only thing they really, we really need is an open mind. Yes. And, just open minds. And just be yeah. kind to people. Yes. Like, yeah. Just be kind. Well, you know, we're not in an election season anymore. Thank God. Unfortunately. But, uh, I love social media at election time. I have to ask, um, is that a really difficult time? Uh, for to be a gay Christian, because you know, I remember when I was um, t- a teenager, uh, our family had signs out front during one of the elections, specifically about gay marriage, and mm. it was um, it was a, a bill being passed in the state that we were in about legalizing it or not, just in our state. And they, the picture was of a, a stick figure man and woman. You know, it said like man plus woman equals, and then you know, yes on two because it was like the second thing they had to vote on is yes to to keep marriage um traditional you know Mm -hmm. and so we proudly had that sign out just showing the whole neighborhood like we do not support homosexual marriage and also it was all over the churches it was american marriages aren't traditional i didn't have to trade a goat for my wife so (laughs) like american marriages are not traditional according to the bible i've been married for almost 10 years and i still have to pay off more goats (laughs) (laughs) got a good deal man but so my i bring this up because i it was it was this like proud declaration that even churches had the same sign in all of their churchyards mm-hmm. showing that we like are, are voting to not allow homosexual marriage and i was thinking about this the other day for someone like you who was maybe sitting in those churches at that time maybe not maybe you weren't even sure of yourself yet but you were grappling with it or maybe even people who were fully out and having to sit there how can you walk past a sign like that and then go sit in a pew i, I just I applaud you for your patience, honestly, because I don't know how, I don't know if I could have done that. I don't know if I could have still gone to a church when they have right there out in front, you know, saying that, that we don't, you know, accept people like this. So what is election season like for, for you in a church? A lot of social media cleanses, first and foremost. (laughs) I don't, I think I was probably on social media for maybe like two weeks during the whole election season. Like I, I did not want to be seeing all the posts and a lot of unfriending. Uh, my Facebook has been cleared out after this last one. <laughs> I went through all of that. Uh, anything that I just felt that was mainly hatred, I was like, nope, unfollowing, un, you know, unfriending. And it's not that I dislike the person. Sure. I just didn't want to see that because, you know, people are so unaware of how much social media, social media influences our lives. Right. And, you know, I could be having a great day and then I see a post that says all gays go to hell and then I'd just be like, well, crap, you know, there goes <laughs> right. my good day, you know? <laughs> So, and kind of on that same vein, like what, and you may not have an answer to this question, but I figured I'd ask it. Why do you feel like the church makes such a big deal out of homosexual marriage? Like, I feel like that doesn't really affect people on an individual level, but I feel like the church has very much said the only legal marriages should be man and woman. So why do you feel like that's such a big deal? Honestly, I, I have no idea. I think I, I don't have any clue because I'm like it has yeah. nothing. Like it doesn't affect them 
in the slightest. Like, yeah, well, it's a political thing. Um, I think that a lot of evangelical Christianity has been absorbed into this Christian right, you know? Sure. So it's more political than it is religious at times. And that political side of it a lot of times has made homosexuality um, and homosexuals their enemy um, by being against things like gay marriage. And so I think some Christians just kind of absorb that because they've linked together their politics and their religion. Right. And and part of me has been like, is it is it because if it's legal, they can't refuse a gay couple? But I don't even think that's I don't even think that's the it's, point. Like, I, I don't think that's a thing in most places. They're just looking to be a recognized legal couple. Yeah. Like, it's harder to change the project whenever they're married, too. Yeah. So that's a good point. Yeah. Then once you're married, you're kind of entrenched and. Is it worse to be divorced or gay? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very much so. <laughs> Whenever dealing so you talked about how you, you know, you eventually want to get married and all this stuff. So of course we've had controversies with, you know, Christian bakeries refusing to bake cakes for gay couples, different things like that. Do you really feel like the homosexual community is going out of their way to attack Christians because of disagreeing with them? Or do you think it's kind of like a just treat us fairly like, you know, we just, you know, I'm sorry I asked for a cake from you. You know, if you don't want to bake it, don't be a jerk and don't bake it. But like you don't have to be aggressive towards me. But like, do you think that there are actually people seeking out trouble with the church or with conservative people because they're homosexuals? I wouldn't. I don't know. I feel like if, say, for instance, I was getting married and the bakery refused to give me the cake because I was gay. Sure. I think I would probably get a little defensive and work my magic in a way of like, you know, making sure no one goes there or gets cakes from them, you sure. know, making them lose business. But the I would The same way that the church does to people that disagree with Exactly. That. But if it was an ordinary bakery that was just Christian, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't be bashing them or be sure. like, you know, right. whatever that is. Well, being a kid who was raised with constantly hearing things like Rush Limbaugh on the radio constantly, because that's just what was playing in my house, mm -hmm. I was often warned about the homosexual agenda. The gay agenda was constantly talked about. How the gays want to infiltrate culture, and I mean, it was extremely hateful. But so I have a question. And how they were trying to like make people gay, so like yeah. we could like <laughs> knock out like all of the human population and all that Basically, stuff. Basically, something yeah. ridiculous. So my question for you is, as a gay man, what is the gay agenda? <laughs> what so, is your agenda <laughs> i might get myself canceled for this one but <laughs> but i i don't want to say i'm not a huge fan of it but when it comes to the lgbtq community i feel that it separates us more than normalizes us mm. and i feel like the it originally was to make everyone just normal and you know provide safety in a safe place sure. but now it's kind of became more of a separate thing and so i i don't want to say i don't associate with the lgbtq community because i do obviously right. um but i do find that sometimes it can be a little toxic sure especially because for me like being a gay male you know it's very driven where if you don't have abs and a good body then you don't have anybody oh, you know yeah. and it's mm -hmm. like one of those things it's very They've very much so sexualized it, and right. I am not. I'm not for that one whatsoever. I want right. to find love, not lust. And it and it kind of boils back to that same topic that you talked about earlier. Is like you don't want to have to label yourself as "Hi, I'm Ethan, and I'm gay." Yes, like it's just "I am Ethan," mm -hmm. and I feel like the LGBTQ community is kind of pouring heavily into that. Like 
this is who you are. Like this community is yeah. who you are. We're not part of normal society anymore because this is our community. Yeah. And you're right. That is, that is a very toxic thing to do. Like, yeah. Uh, well, you know, I, I, like you said, it started as some, as wanting to create a safe space and that in a way kind of breaks my heart because I, I wish that the church would be providing a safe space. I wish that, um, that homosexuals or anyone in the LGBTQ community knew that they had a safe place in their church Mm -hmm. and that when you feel hate from even people in your life and you're coming out or whatever it might be, you you would feel I can go to my church. They'll love me and accept me and make me safe there. And so the fact that we have failed to do that, I think speaks to how drastically far we've fallen from the message of Jesus Mm -hmm. and from the, what should be an inclusive gospel. Um, So I apologize for any involvement that I had in that when I was a teenager and really hateful. Of course, same for myself. Like, I used to be homophobic when I was younger too. So, like, I mean, come on. <laughs> well, I hope that the church can grow to be more of a safe place for you, um, because you know, again, people may point to certain verses and say, "No, it's a sin," and we can argue back and forth all day on the interpretation, sure, or mm. even not not even just interpretation, but the application, right? Because uh, I we don't apply Paul's verses about women not being allowed to preach. Right. You know, right. We don't apply Paul's verses about slavery being okay, right? But yet we, so we can argue about application or interpretation. But at the end of the day, I just, regardless of your theology about it, I just hope that our churches can be a safe place for your community. And I know we have a long way to go and to get there. Mm-hmm. And I know that there's a lot of gay people who probably will never want to come back to church because you know, can we really blame them for the right. way that we've treated people? Which is like, it's and it's very sad to me too, because like, again, like I've said this, if I said it once, I've said it a hundred times, but like the church is the hope of the world. You know, Jesus is the hope of the world and the church is, can be and should be and needs to be the most incredible life giving community to believers and non-believers alike. For sure. And that includes the homosexual believer that includes the, you know, black believers. That yeah. includes the, you know, the straight believers. Like, that should include every single person. Yeah. And it is a shame that it hasn't. Yeah. And so... Absolutely. Uh, well, I hope that that we can work to making our churches more safe and uh, more affirming, more, more accepting. And that we can even put the theological differences aside... And even if you still hold that it's a sin, I hope we can put that aside enough to just remember that this is an image bearer who is fearfully and wonderfully made, as the Bible says. Ethan, do you have any things you want to say? Any last thoughts? On this? No, I'm good. Thank All you for right. having me. Yeah, well, <laughs> Thank we... you for hearing me out, too. Yeah, of course. Now, man. I do have one last question. Oh, okay. Okay. Do you believe that Alex Jones was correct in saying that you're gay because they put fluoride in the drinking water. Yes. 100%. Of course. Of course. It's the fluoride. Well, you may be surprised to hear this, but we actually have been giving you water without fluoride to try to turn you back. Okay. So how do you feel right now? Yeah, how do you feel? pictures of naked Straight as a board. Straight as a board, yep. It worked! Yep. Hallelujah. We got you. No, guys, we saved him. And uh, anyone else, just come and have sit at our table. We'll talk to you, and we'll give you our special water. Drink now, up. and if this doesn't work, we are going to get some more uh, pop-off miracle spring water. Yes. Uh, to try that. <laughs> so we got a couple things coming up. We're, we're, we're going to – we got you. <laughs> we got you. No, but all jokes aside, we love Ethan, and we hope that Ethan knows that we love him and – 
he will always have friends here Absolutely. at the All Things Reconsidered podcast. And guys, uh, let us know wh- where we should go from here with this conversation, because this is our second video about um, LGBTQ acceptance in the church, and I'm sure it's not our last. Um, you know, we'll probably talk about some other things next time, but right. we will come back to this, so let us know where our conversation should go from here. You know, I asked him about the whole side A and side B thing, specifically because someone commented that in my last in our last video about this. So I really do read your comments and we, we grow from them. So please let us know where should we, what should we um, talk about from here? What did we miss? And, uh, you know, sound off. Let us know. And as always, here comes my shameless plug. Subscribe. Hit the little bell to know when we upload. Like the video. Share it to your social medias and all over the place. Um, comment on what you want us to talk about. And always, we have a Patreon. Yes. And if you join the Patreon today... We're going to include his account so you can slide into his DMs. Yes. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so that's that's our selling point. We have an awesome Discord community. Um, so join our Patreon. You get a link to that to join it so we can talk about the episodes, talk about things that we want to talk about going forward. Joe and I are in there every day talking with everybody. So uh, if you feel so led to support us on Patreon, we would greatly appreciate it. Yes. Because maybe one day we won't have to use our cell phones to record these videos. Yes, that would be nice. <laughs> but nice. as always, Thank you guys for tuning in and listening to another episode of All Things Reconsidered. And uh, we'll see you next time. See you guys.